my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to Season 4, Episode 4 of the Running Technique Tips Podcast, the season with no topic but with the Brian and Lisa coaching experiment and I'm now joined by Lisa from Sydney. How are you? I'm good. I'm just stalking the parkrun photos to see if I'm in any actually. <laughs> ah, very good. From your, uh, your speedy training session this morning. Yeah, from my everything's going in the right direction. I'm so bloody happy. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it in a minute. But um, I tell you what, this less is more. It's working for me. I like it. I'm not going to sort of start feeling smug and validated just yet. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll give, give it a few more weeks to, to see if you're headed in the right direction. And ultimately, when, when you're on a, a big goal like a marathon, you, you really can't sit back and feel smug until it's done, right? Oh, no, exactly. And um, yeah, through the, through the week, I've been having a look back through some old training and then even the, the marathon itself last year. So things are starting to come together and um, I'm well and truly out of the hole, feeling good, training is – I don't want to jinx it and say it's going well. Gosh, I'm two weeks in. But I'm, I'm actually just – do you know what I can say? I'm loving it again. I, I'm actually sitting there going, I can't wait to go out and do that run or do that session or, you know, hit the gym. And it really has been a long time when I've had that real enthusiasm to go and do it. Very good. Well, I like the sound of that. No more grumpy down in the dumps, Lisa. And <laughs> Now we've got enthusiastic. <laughs> it's all working for you. And importantly, not sick, not injured. So I'm ticking no. the boxes so far as your coach. Yeah, no, going along well. But what have you been up to? You hadn't done any running of sorts. I think, oh, no, you'd, you'd been cracking along okay, but nothing major. I've been ticking my own boxes um, of sorts. <laughs> but I, I have been running, but I've been... Well, I haven't actually been struggling for consistency, but I've been struggling to hit four days a week, which was kind of my notional goal was to try and get four days a week running during this little block of training. And try as I might over the last few weeks, it's ended up being three days a week. And uh, yeah, I must apologize as well because we haven't done a recording, I think now for at least two weeks. And yeah, the last couple of weeks, life and work were getting in the way as they tend to do. But... Having said that, I did manage to get um, some running done, so I'll just quickly bring up what it is that I did manage to achieve. Are you still on track for Run for the Cause uh, in Ballarat, the half yes, marathon that you've yep. signed up for? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's looking... Is that next uh, week? Still like... That is next week. So, yeah, there's only, wow. what, eight, eight days to go as we're recording now on mm. Saturday. What day is it, actually? <laughs> Saturday the 9th it is, of November. Saturday. Are you in taper? I reckon it's been Are you allowed to taper when all you got to was 40Ks? Probably not. No, I don't think I will be tapering, um, although I will ensure that in the, in the week coming that I don't do any monster sessions during the week. So I'll just, I'll just do one sharpening up session and the rest of the time I'll just do as I have been. All right. Well, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to report on, on the week the, between the Octo- October 20th first the monday and the 27th just on the on the gut feel that i haven't actually reported on that and that was a week where i only ran three times um but i did at least get one or two gym sessions in as well and i won't go into everything in enormous detail but i will bring up my midweek sub threshold session that i have been doing and just quickly have a look at that one. So what did we have on that particular day? I think we had, 
I'm just counting the peaks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight by two minutes. That sub-threshold pace. And how are my paces going on that particular day? Four eighteens, four elevens, four oh five, four oh seven, four eleven, four sixteen, four eleven, four oh six. So that's a bit different to only two or three weeks before that when, you know, the paces were kind of like more 430, 420 for that kind of session. So I'd say based on that, there's been some significant improvement in fitness, Lisa. So, um, yeah, encouraging signs um, on that one. Wow. Well, we only need to run 415s to break 90, so well under the bar. Uh, true, although... They are only two-minute efforts. <laughs> not getting, <laughs> not getting too carried away with myself on that one. And I think that week I decided to do a, a slightly shorter long run, um, just to give myself a little bit of a break from the week before when I'd I'd kind of jumped up and done about two, a bit over two hours. So I did ninety-two minutes, which was just over ten miles or sixteen k's worth in the forest as well. Uh, 139 heart rate average, and I'll just see if there's anything exciting that happened through that. Not really. Lots of uh, <laughs> lots of easy, steady running early on up the hill. So a seven-minute K to start off with, a bunch of sixes. I think in the middle stages I might have got rolling a little bit and had a, some, a 505 and a 520 and then took it relatively easy to the finish, although I do, do see that the 15th kilometre was 449, so I must have kicking, been uh, getting the legs turning over a little bit on that one which brings me to oh so total for that week was 34 kilometers so obviously not hitting big mileage at the moment yeah i'm so interested in seeing what time you can run for this half because well, i think you've maxed out at maybe 40 k's <laughs> yeah i think i did one week where i i gave 50 a nudge or got close to 50 but since I haven't managed to hit um, four days over the last few weeks, it's been pretty hard to accumulate miles mileage. But uh, yeah, last week I ran three days as well, but I think pretty sure I managed to do two gym sessions. So I feel like my gym's actually coming along a bit at the moment, um, feeling relatively strong, which is good. And so last week I actually hit 39Ks and I didn't run until Thursday, I'm pretty sure, because that was due to work things happening that week and the midweek session that I did was ah well just for something different and I've been <laughs> been loving these two minute <laughs> efforts uh did another one of those sessions this time it was nine just double counting yep nine by two minutes and I have a feeling that ah uh, yeah this is the day where my GPS cut out so I don't have a lot of data to report on that one uh, towards the end of that session, yeah, this, this is some weird data here, a 4.30 pace two-minute effort followed up by a 3.56 two-minute effort followed up by a 4.30. So there's no way that my pace was jumping around that much that day. So I'm not quite sure what was happening with, uh, with the satellite on that day. But nonetheless, got through another solid block of um, that sub-threshold work, which was good. And mm. the Sunday was a two-hour and eight-minute long run through the forest, just over 22 kilometres. Lots of climbing and thing interesting in the splits. Uh, you'll like this. Yeah, 7.03 first kilometre. Oh, wow, so that totally has outdone my first K this morning and I thought I was slow this morning. <laughs> 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 That's good trophy. to get, get slowly rolling. 
nice and easy. Average heart rate for that kilometre, 114. So, yeah, just taking it easy. Yeah, quite a few six-minute Ks through the first 5Ks of that run and then, yeah, just tried to stay pretty relaxed through the middle stages. So, lots of four, 5.30s, 5.40s, um, went up the big climb in the middle of that run at about six-minute kilometre pace. And then finished off towards the end with some 520s, uh, a 505 and a 508. So, yeah, just still enjoying those um, longer runs. And my body doesn't seem to be in shock for the fact that I've done very little mileage and then I go and do 22Ks at the end of the week. So, so far, so good on that strategy. Mm. You are the ultimate weekend warrior. On... <laughs> I am, yeah, definitely. Do you think I should report on this week to date? Yeah, what have you done? Maybe I well, will because I, I yeah, don't think it'll, I might. I might just mention the session because um, I don't think I'll get a chance to record. Or I, unlikely, both of us will get a chance to record before I actually do this half marathon next week. So <laughs> this week I did the session on the Wednesday, and it looked like I was a bit un. I, I was a bit kind of not one hundred percent sure what I was going to do when I went out to do this session. But what I had a feeling that I wanted to do was actually run some longer reps to get a feel for what my heart rate would do at a steadier sustained pace that would be more like what I was going to be doing at the beginning of this half marathon or at least in that ballpark. So the intention was to do a 10-minute sub-threshold effort, have a bit of a break and depending on how that went, um, break up the rest of it into shorter intervals and if I was going badly they would be short intervals if I was going well they'd be still longer much longer than two minute intervals and the way it played out was actually really well so I did a 10 minute effort at the beginning and I averaged 425 kilometer pace with a 152 heart rate average so definitely in the right zone there I then did four minutes of jogging to recover and followed it up with a five minute effort this one was a little bit slower and I think that might have been a function of heading slightly uphill and into the wind but that was sort of 430 kilometer pace did another three minute jog and then I finished off with another five minute effort which was 415 kilometer pace and that was average heart rate 155 so again yeah looking pretty good 20 minutes of work and I think that tells me Lisa that I can at least get off the start line at you know, if I'm running a bit, even a bit quicker than 4.30 kilometre pace, I'm not going to be blowing myself up early in that half marathon. So that was kind of a reassuring session leading into the half on the weekend. Mm, so good point. What's your strategy? So you have said that 90 minutes is a target. I know it's not the target. You're not going to lose sleep over it. But, you know, let's just go with the 90 minutes. No. Um, how are you going to approach it? Uh, exactly the same way as I ran that 15k at Lake Renderee that went really well. I'm going to start steadily and work my way in. And I've, I actually think I will try and start at about 4.30 kilometre pace and uh, just see what my heart rate is doing. And if that's really comfortable, then I'll just kind of work down closer and closer to that sort of 4.15 pace um, and see what that looks like. My goal is to run the first first 16 kilometres or 10 miles as comfortably as possible and I'm happy to let it all hang out in the last 5Ks and, and see how quickly I can finish because I, I feel like I could really build and run quite hard to the finish line if I get to that kind of 16K mark and I'm still feeling pretty comfortable. I'd be happy to do some hurting in the last part, but if I'm hurt, hurting earlier than 16Ks, I'm going to be in trouble. So I think that's kind of a, a pretty smart What's strategy. What's the course like? Is it flat or there's hairpin turns or it's pretty good? It's going to be flat. 
Julian Spencer's mm. designed it, so I trust that he knows what he's doing, and he does. So there's a little bit of a start in Victoria Park where the, the park run is held in Ballarat every week, and then you cross over Sturt Street and basically do laps around Lake Wendouree, which is, as you know, is um, is quite flat. Probably the uh, the thing that will determine whether it's a fast day or not is the wind. So if it's windy around there, it'll be more challenging. Um, if it's not, then, yeah, it could be quite a quick day for all of the runners mm. who are going to be lining up. And another up. question, I was actually thinking about this today, this morning on my run. What about fueling? Like what do you do when you're doing either those long two-hour-plus runs and then even in going into the half marathon? Like, you know, we're not elite, so you're not going to have to have personalised drinks and gels and whatever else for a two-hour run or a half marathon. Yeah. Do you even worry about it or do you still do something? You know what? I'm starting to think about that a little bit more because I, I think I've probably messed that up a bit in, in recent times. But, look, having said that, on those long runs that I've been doing um, through the forest, I actually haven't been fueling at all for those. Um, I've been getting up and having a uh, a Phil Maffetone fat laden coffee, <laughs> so <laughs> coffee loaded with cream and uh, coconut oil, and that's basically all I have before that long run, other than a bit of water. And I think be, I'm getting away with that at about sort of that two hour to two hour ten duration. And I think the reason that I'm getting away with that is because I'm running the first hour so uh, comfortably under my aerobic threshold. So because I'm doing all of that steady pace, I'm really not burning a whole lot of fuel or a whole lot of glycogen. I'm burning much more fat at those lower heart rates um, in those long runs that I've been doing. And I haven't really been pushing the pace or letting my heart rate sort of get up into the into that sort of marathon sub-threshold pace until the second half of the run. And that only really happens when I'm going up that mm. hill for a few Ks. And then there's kind of like another break and towards the end I, I tend to stretch out a little bit more. But the heart rates, are, I haven't been sending them through the roof, so I've been able to get away with that to this point. The difference will be for this half marathon is uh, I'm going to get up a bit earlier and actually have like a proper breakfast because I'm going to be spending a lot more time up close to my threshold and that's going to be burning up a lot more glycogen. So I do want to make sure that I'm appropriately fueled for that. I don't uh, I don't conceive that I'll be like taking mm. gels on during that race. Probably not, not going to be that kind of thing. I guess I could if I was going to do it, then maybe I'd have one after an hour. But yeah, I'm not planning to do that at this stage. And um, yeah, it'd be unlikely that I'd drink anything as well, given that I would say, given the cold weather that we've been having so far in the last week or two, if that continues, then I'd imagine that it's going to be um, be good, cool conditions and probably not worth the effort of um, taking a drink if you're only going to be out there mm. for an hour and a half. But Having said that, if you're going to be out there for two hours or two and a half hours, then that's a different story. You probably would want to take on a gel and, and drink a bit more. It's all a function of how long you're yeah, out there. I and how far and how how intense you are. I always yeah. wonder about it. I cannot run in the mornings unless I've eaten something. I I've always had an incredibly mm. fast metabolism and I just I'm starving. But in saying that in training I don't ever really feel the need to take on gels or water. I took on gels in mm. the in the marathon and I hadn't traditionally taken them for the half marathon, but the last couple I've had those little 
those little cliff blocks that I've spoken about. And if anything, I just like the sugar. It kind of gives me this sugary yeah. hit and it, it really peps me up a bit. So I don't know whether that's just my sugar addiction um, or whether it's actually helping. That, it, that it's actually a scientifically proven thing. I, th- I think there's a study by Louise Burke on that where, you know, even just like swilling around something sweet in your mouth, even if you don't get it, even if you don't swallow it, will actually like lead to improved oh, performance. Well, so, there you go. Um, I think it sort of tricks your body to say fuel and sugar is coming in so then you can release a bit more because the expectation is that you're getting topped up. At least that's my interpretation. That might not be 100% correct, but I've heard someone sort of describe yeah. it that way. So, yeah, maybe, well, look, maybe I should carry something sweet even if I just um, put it in my mouth for, for a bit at, a, at about the hour mark and maybe that will yeah, give me give, a bit of a Give it a, a go. Boost, do, so. it, uh, do it in the name of yeah. science for us. I will. <laughs> In the name of the Brian experiment of one. What was I going to say? Uh, And I think both of us, as we progress into our more marathon-specific type training, and I'm thinking particularly of those longer runs with the marathon pace um, tempo work at the end of them, that I think those ones, fueling is going to be important to have a think about, both fueling before the run and, and potentially having some fuel during it so you hit that marathon pace section um, mm. not too depleted. Yeah. Well, um, I think, there, you know, there's that argument about you could do some of those runs depleted, but, I, yeah, I think the risk of kind of breaking yourself down and taking too long to recover is probably higher than, than what it's worth in terms of the gains of what you might get, stimulus of running those ones empty. I'd be happy enough to, like, run some really long like some of these forest runs, for example, I'd be probably happy to push my run out to two hours, two and a half hours without fueling that um, along the way. But if I was planning on doing some intensity at the end, I think I definitely Mm. would top up for that. Yeah, I I actually can't remember what I I did last year. I definitely wasn't one to take on much water. I've never really have been like that. But yeah, those little, those little, I like those little blocks too. They're just so easy to carry in your your pocket or you know, in your, in your mm. top or what have you. So give, give those a go. But um, I, I was literally just thinking about it this morning as I was running along thinking, oh, I wonder what Brian does on those long runs. <laughs> he has a, he has a, a fat bomb coffee <laughs> for the most part. Oh, good today. Well, you have been consistent in under-training, so tick, but it sounds like you've been making progress and it's only eight days to go until the event. When's the last time you raced? That's was right. And look. When was oh, that? No, the 15k? Uh, yeah, probably was the the 15k. I, yeah, it probably was the 15k. Mm. Actually, it's been a while. And look, I have although I haven't been hitting like a, a lot of runs per week. I've been hitting those two sessions: the long run, which mm. I consider a session, and that sub threshold session. I haven't missed any of those for I don't know, maybe four or five weeks at least, maybe six weeks. So um, yeah, got some good consistency in what I've been able to do in training, and I think those sub threshold sessions have shown that despite not running a lot that fitness mm. is improving oh, well, well, good luck um no doubt i'll talk to you before then but from everyone else good luck <laughs> thank you and what about you so i, I mean i kind of know what you're doing because yeah. we've had a couple of coaching conversations um over the last couple of weeks and what i will do with those is i think just attach them to the end of the episode and i'll just put them in chronological order because that makes sense but yeah t- tell us about your your last yeah well the first week of the two and a half weeks so that week of the 21st was uh, an interesting in not a great way um where i had my incident in the street so that was 
unexpected and uh, it wasn't stressful at the time, but I think sort of the couple of days later, the, the come down from the whole situation really hit me. So I didn't really do much but walk that week. Um, I did 44Ks in total and most of it was walking and I did get out and did. I we ended up in Byron at the end of the week and found this epic trail. I've actually found I could do a 32K run all on trails. I didn't do that. I did 80 minutes um, and it was amazing. That's the longest run that I've done in months. So that week was a bit of a, a bit of a write-off, but I remember at the end of the week saying to you, um, despite the incident, I actually think I needed that second week off. Like I, I don't think I really was mentally, um, you know, physically and emotionally recovered because then when I got into the next week, which was uh, the week starting the 28th of October, I suddenly had that desire to want to go and run again that I had just mentioned earlier on in the recording. And I, you know, we chatted on at the start of the week around what I would do. And it was the first time in such a long time that I was just like chomping at the bit to get out there and, <laughs> and actually have a go at um, some of these sessions and running. So, that was really, really positive. Um, I think the main highlights of the week was I ran five days and I hit the gym three times and I did two sessions. So I really just talk about the sessions because when I'm not doing sessions, I'm just doing easy heart rate running. It's all well under, you know, the 155 aerobic limit that we've put on myself. And a few times I'm actually doing some drills and some strides at the end of those long runs, which I'm also loving. And I'm feeling like I've got the energy to do it because my my easy running at the moment is, you know, no longer than 50 minutes. So you sort of anywhere between sort of 30 and 50 minutes. So I get to the end of it, I've got time and I'm still feeling pretty fresh. So that's that's keeping me in a pretty good headspace. But I did on the Thursday the 10 by 1 minutes to marathon, yes, to uh, yes. marathon heart rate. And this is where I just had the heart rate and the timer on my watch. And it was a two-minute you know, jog recovery. And then when I downloaded all of the data and spoke to you later on in the day, the pace was a little bit out of control. So we've now rectified that by putting a pace, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a pace measure on my watch because in my challenging heart rate, it just manages to operate very low and then just kind of goes out of control. So... But in saying that, I loved that session. It's the first time I've done speed in such a long time. I got down to sort of, I think my quickest was around 3.37s and my slowest was a 3.57 average. So I I loved it. It was great. But I was so sore for the next two days in my quads. (laughs) Not not a surprise. And, yeah, as you mentioned, that was the the genesis of the decision that we took to add a secondary or have two layers of limitation on you for sessions, one being heart rate and the other one being pace. So because your heart rate is a bit erratic and all over the shop and on any given day um, where we have to have heart rate and pace um, showing and prescribed yeah. for those sessions yes. here on in. Because, yeah, it definitely wasn't the intention that you were going to be no, running three minutes. not at all. Pace. So I was honestly totally shocked when I um, looked at the, the splits. I was like, ooh, okay, that uh, wasn't what I intended. But boy, my quads were sore. And then I only really had one day break because I was intending to do that session on the Wednesday, but I had a work lunch and a few too many drinkies. So I wasn't really 
And for you, that was like two, <laughs> so right? two whole glasses of wine and I was pretty happy in the night time, but it wasn't really conducive to doing a session. So um, in the spirit of this unstructured um, structure, I moved that to the Thursday, but uh, the problem was I had I was doing the 10K, um, the Sydney Striders event that I hadn't done before over in Manly where I was going to do it to um, heart rate, where it was going to be aerobic for a few Ks, marathon for a f- um, heart rate for a few Ks, and then threshold heart rate sort of in the last couple of Ks. But my legs were just, honestly, they were shot to bits from that Thursday. So... <laughs> A good luck. I'm enjoying these lessons sort of early on in this whole program because it was a note to say, well, I need sort of two days recovery, you know, at least um, between sort of those speed um, sessions and then something else. So, um, so I went into that run. I did a longish warm up, sort of five k's. I then did the ten k, and it was a challenging little course. I haven't been over there. Um, so North Head in Manly, which is it was really hilly. This two lap uh, course, and it was a tough little one. But the problem that I encountered uh, was again this heart rate. So I. I I didn't have the pace on my watch at this stage. It was just heart rate and um, and time. And I took off and I was running. I was actually, I felt like I was redlining. I could not have gone any quicker. And I, my heart rate was 130. It just, and it stayed at 130 for five kilometers. Um, and they had paces. So the first three Ks, I was right behind the 40 minute pacer. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm either so fit that I'm just going to smash this um, <laughs> this marathon out of the park or, or my actual thought was um, my watch is wrong, like there's something wrong and mm. I was having all sorts of ideas about going and buying a new one and getting a heart rate strap and all sorts of strange things were going on through my mind. But the main thing was I was struggling. Um, and my heart rate was 130. It dipped under 130 for a while there and then I hit 5Ks and then it went sh- – to 181 or 185 and I was just like oh god this is so annoying like this is so frustrating uh so I really pulled it back um I actually just it was hard to monitor because I was either going you know up hills I was I think at one stage I saw six minute pace um or uh on my Garmin when I looked at it Mm. later anyway that was frustrating but another sort of worthwhile lesson that um I guess for both of us to try and work around this incredibly erratic heart rate. Uh, I ended up with a 43.20, which I think was 4.20 average, um, which, you know, I I didn't really care about the pace, to be honest. It was really just this exercise. And it was just a lot of hard work. So that's where we, we went back to the drawing board. That's right. And look, I probably jumped the gun in talking about when we came up with this new rationale (laughs) for how we're going to monitor these sessions. It was actually after that run and it was just mindful of the fact that you'd had then a second bout of low heart rate feeling like you couldn't go any harder, which was basically the same as the the (laughs) DNF in the Melbourne uh, half marathon. So we've kind of got this little mental decision tree for you now, which sort of looks like uh, heart rate can't be above a certain level. Uh, pace can't be above a certain level, but in some cases, heart rate, if it's low and your perceived effort is really high, then that's another warning sign to kind of back, really back back the hell off. Um, 
and and not make it any harder yeah, than it needs it's to be. Really for yourself. Weird. So I think probably the positive <laughs> out of all of this is you're going to have those couple of bits of data like heart rate and pace, but it's really going to force you to run to feel um, a lot more. So you've got those bits of helpful data, but you're really going to have yeah, to monitor. Yeah, and look, you know, it's answering quite a few questions for myself as well, you know, in previous times of, of racing and thinking, why do I feel awful um, and not being able to work out, you know, why, why some days just feeling absolutely shocking. But it seems that whatever's going on with, you know, my heart with all the previous operations and things that, my heart can work at either an incredibly low rate for a, like a, quite a fair period of time at, I guess, high intensity, but then it just trips or it can work at ridiculously high levels, <laughs> um, again, at quite a mm. high intensity, but then it also trips. So it's just working on that whole, that optimal level, which is exactly what we saw in that 5K yeah. that I did earlier in the year in March down in Melbourne went back and had a look at that data and it was just this it, the heart rate looked like probably most people's just a beautiful <laughs> nice yeah. gradual climb and if i just correlate that with how i felt it was exactly how i felt in the race so it's just throwing an additional challenge to you brian <laughs> yeah no but i, I think that's good we've, and we've tweaked to that like in the first few weeks so hopefully we can um we're going to make these adjustments and and see some improvements accordingly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, obviously, regardless of all that, I was really pleased with the time and, and sort of that average pace. Hilly runs so early in this marathon program, haven't really been doing anything like that. Um, so it really just left me feeling very confident. Uh, I ran 61.8 Ks that week and you said, oh, my God, that's too many. <laughs> you are only yeah. running four days this next week. <laughs> But I felt great, and but I have listened because now it is that following week and I have only run four days this week, 47 Ks, and I feel amazing. This week's been uh, gym. I actually did Brian's beloved two-minute efforts, and this was the one where you said to me, right, get pace, get heart rate, and get time on your watch. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, I actually thought you told me don't run any quicker than um, four minute 15 Ks, but you actually said don't run any quicker than four minute Ks. But then you were very pleased that I uh, I got it wrong because I <laughs> um, I pretty much averaged four 15s um, for nine by two minutes. Yeah. And I enjoyed that session. Which yeah. is a good steady session. Yeah, it was That's six nice. and a half Ks in the end of, of um yeah, mm. of, of workout, I suppose, given the, the nine by two minutes and then the, the jogs in between. So really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Noticed that heart rate and pace and everything was all working quite well on the Tuesday. And then today's session. I think just to, just to go, pause on that one, I think you said after that one that you found like the recovery jogs really helpful for keeping your heart rate and effort levels in the yeah, sweet Yeah, so that's what I've been enjoying because last year, and, and I guess maybe traditionally as well, I've been doing a lot of, you know, whether it's, I don't know, 400s or 600s, not so much to time, and then it's a static recovery and that, mm. I don't know, that kind of plays to my strengths of running fast and then getting this static recovery and I recover really quickly and then I run fast again. But it's done absolutely nothing for me trying to run marathons or, or half marathons. Um, I found that by doing this jogging, and by the way, my jogging pace is so slow. It's like six minutes 
Yeah, That's but good. you know, to bring the That's heart perfect. rate down. But I sort of am getting to maybe the sixth or seventh effort, and I'm like, wow, I'm I can feel this now, and I can even see that in my in my yeah. pace. Like uh, number six, I did a four twenty eight average, uh, so I was really starting to feel it around then. But I feel like this is this is working what it needs to work, and it's stopping me from being a bit of a maniac with um, running too fast. Excellent. Yeah, We've got the yeah. On. So, which is good. Um, there's no point in me going and running three thirties when my marathon pace is four fifteen. So, <laughs> correct. Um, so, so that was really good. And then I'll quickly run through today's session. So, I did fifty minutes easy. Had to be a very low heart rate, according to Brian. So it was. I was running six nineteen minute K pace at the beginning, and I will say that I left the house at five fifty a.m. And we all know just how much I hate the mornings when it comes to running. So that was really hard work. So I did 50 minutes, did 9Ks, and then I jumped into Centennial Park Park Run. And you actually said to me, well, maybe just run about 4.30 pace. So I took off, but I was actually feeling, I was feeling good. My legs felt heavy, which was um, I was pleased about because um, obviously running that 50 minutes beforehand and my heart rate was low, but I, I didn't feel awful and it was sort of 4.18 pace for um, 4Ks and then the last K was downhill and I felt okay and ended up running a 3.58. So um, <laughs> I did 21 minutes, so 4.12 average. And I just I felt amazing and it was just a really great – like marathon replication session. So I definitely want to do more of those. Yes. Although, yeah, we have already had a bit of a uh, exchange via text today about, yeah, it won't be exactly like that every week. It was just a, I guess, opportunistic that you had park run that you wanted, you could do and were able to do that we sort of fitted that one in. And I, I gave you a lot of get out clauses with that as well. So you could have taken some jogging during that 5k block because my kind of gut was like that was probably a bit long in terms of um, duration of the the marathon level intensity work at this stage of the game but uh, sounds like yeah, you rolled was, through it pretty it well good. So I, well I don't find that course particularly easy I'm not good over it's a cross-country sort of course it's not hilly but the terrain it's very sandy mm. there's lots of tree roots there's um there's tight u-turns you're running back onto people there's gravel it's it's not a great course for me so I was even more pleased that yep. it all felt quite effortless. Um, and I feel great. Like I, I feel, I don't feel like I'm totally wiped from doing that effort. So, so I'm done for the week, uh, 47 Ks, four days, two gyms and feeling good. I like it. That's, that's the kind, kind of week I think you need for the, the next month or so. Um, so I reckon that's, that's the sweet spot. Um, and yeah, we'll just keep, being consistent around those two sessions and seeing how they go and keep playing around with our sort of guardrails for how you run those sessions and hopefully continue to progress as well as, as you have over yeah, the last Yeah, it's been great. Weeks. And one it's of the things is like I'm feeling quite confident again. Like I don't feel just wiped from all the training. Like I actually felt like if, you know, if tomorrow was a race, not the marathon or a half marathon, but maybe 10K down, I actually feel like I, I would be really pleased with how I would perform. So... Did we both want to have a rant about coaches that only ever focus on reducing oh, the weight yes. of their athletes, and in particular in relation to female athletes? I think it's, <laughs> this is yeah, I think it's very news. topical, and we haven't really touched on it. But there is always an undercurrent, isn't there? Yes, there is, and uh, yeah, I was pretty horrified when I 
uh, via Instagram. I think it was off Cara Goucher's Instagram feed where she'd posted up the little editorial video of Mary Kane talking about her experience running with the Nike Oregon project with Alberto Salazar and his obsession with focusing on her weight and setting like arbitrary and fairly dangerous kind of targets for her to to try and hit and you know her breaking multiple bones over a period suffering osteoporosis mm. which is a horrifying phenomena mm. losing her period just yeah really really high high risk of damage to long-term health outcomes there so yeah it's pretty sad pretty disappointing but the, I guess the thing that you and I have been talking about is it's a bit of a mm. tip of an iceberg and like it's like it's definitely stacks on Alberto Salazar at the moment for all of the other things that have been going on that have been in the news and we won't really go into those because there's plenty of people talking about that but I think yeah both you and I have come across or heard from people very close to sources that you know that is definitely a focus for a lot of coaches and for me it's just such an ignorant and lazy thing to focus on and like the potential psychological and long-term health damage for athletes is it's mind-boggling that people think they can focus on that and call themselves a coach Um, you're supposed to have a duty of care to your athletes and that ain't showing any care whatsoever as far as I'm concerned well do you know what so you sent it to me and I hate the fact that my reaction was not of shock but more of oh here we go again but also pleased that you know that someone has has come forward so hopefully it enables you know others to to talk about it not just at the elite level like you know I've been running for a very long time and I have seen it constantly throughout you know my junior levels not so much in the in the senior levels I've seen it a little bit but you know there's real danger periods of sort of 14 to to 20 I I could list and, and I won't of course um girls that that I ran against who unfortunately you know suffered from eating disorders and anorexia and bulimia and laxative abuse and and what I just struggled to and even struggled to understand then was how were coaches and you know and administrators and and families not stepping in because it's obvious you know it's not something that's hidden and you know Mm. it's not like mental health which is getting a lot of um, press thankfully which it can often be quite hidden and and people can't see it you can see an athlete deteriorate before your eyes you know (laughs) there are and there are multiple warning signs and you know I've been in races that that girls have had laxative abuse and are running along refuse to stop and, and finish races and they've you know unfortunately had to relieve themselves yeah had had an, an unfortunate accident and it's it's such short-term thinking because I can only think of a couple of girls who I have competed against as a junior who had you know eating disorders or disordered eating who are still running today and most of the girls look, they would come along and have phenomenal performances. I, you know, I will absolutely say that they would sort of come from nowhere, be, you know, top of the state, top of the, the nation, and it would be 12 months max. You you would honestly wouldn't see those girls again after 12 months, and that to me is a real loss for them personally, like with their health risks, and even for the sport and just that, 
like longevity of enjoyment. I think of the like just the joy that the sport has given me and continues to give me that's been taken away from them. Absolutely. And look, you know, it's if you take runners as a population, definitely a lot of type A high achiever types, perfectionists, um, slightly obsessive compulsive mm. in nature. Like there's a there's a risk there anyway of people kind of heading down that road by themselves. But if you add in coaching factor who, you know, wields an enormous amount of power and influence, particularly over younger people, and they are calling out weight as being a key determinant of your success as a runner, like it, it almost guarantees that mm. you're going to have a problem, which is, is just, yeah, it is mind-boggling that, um, yeah, there's no there's not more pressure put back on onto coaches and look it's been a while since I engaged with my my coaching education but yeah I'd, I'd like to think that this was like a a really strong element that it was um, uh, rammed home as being something that um, coaches need to be mindful of and to to really take that duty of care that they have very seriously mm, when it comes think, to people's health. You know, if you're seeing someone suffering um, from it you're not you know, if you're the coach that's demanding this type of uh, behavior, then that's just a whole other situation. But if you've got an athlete that you can tell is suffering from this, blurting it out in front of everybody is absolutely not the way to go about it. But ignoring it is equally as bad. Um, you know, and I, I think you're right there on the education piece. Like, the reality is there's probably majority men that are that are coaches in, in sport in general, but we're talking about running and athletics. So it's probably a bit of a an uncomfortable situation for them too. They they may want to say something, but do they know how to? You know, how do you as a middle-aged mm. male approach a, a 15-year-old girl that you can tell is unwell and you need to? As you say, it is your duty of care. It's I think it's irresponsible to allow your athletes to, one, keep training and, two, keep competing. But what education is being done to be able to assist that athlete and their family to approach it in a safe mm. manner because, you know, it, it is a mental illness, eating disorders, but there is help and, you know, we live in such an amazing society. Seek yeah, help from exactly. a professional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Short answer. Seek help. Um, and, you know, from the coaches who are saying that this type of behaviour or, you know, that, that are so weight-driven, I actually, I do not understand it. Like look at the world's top athletes they are not skin and bones they are beautifully toned muscular specimens that you know there there is power in muscles and sure there's an element you know you, you probably can't mm -hmm. weigh 100 kilos um, and, and be a world-class runner but the the number on the scale to me is an arbitrary you know waste of time number it should be looking at means, means nothing, nothing exactly <laughs> You know, and also the other scary thing for females is they naturally have you know, higher body fat because they need to. You've got to protect your reproductive organs. It's just a slippery slope and a very unfair pressure to put on girls, women, because you're jeopardising you know, their, their future plans. And, yeah, just as a full stop on that, it's like oh, I think I've said this before, it's – Definitely not about what the scale is telling you. It's about what you can do in your training and racing. So if you're showing progression in your training and racing, then, you know, you know that everything is on track. Um, yeah, trying to hit 
having 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 the scale as something that you need to hit as part of your training is like yeah it is the road to ruin so it's not how much you weigh it's what you can do all right well i've been just as a follow-up from our minimalist marathoning that we did in our last episode lisa i've just been pouring over a couple of well one of them is a new book that i've received and the other one was i got a hard copy of an ebook that i had previously because i was just uh craving craving the old-fashioned way so i've sort of been pouring over the hansen's method and advanced marathoning and also going back through our as yet unnamed author of the three day a week sub three hour marathon campaign and i've just got a few takeaways from those those things that we'll talk about after this So, Lisa, I won't um, bore you with the intimate details of this, but I, I did do a little bit of homework before we came mm. to the recording. And what I've done is just look at these three programs um, at a high level, tried to sort of lay out their key features side by side. And then I've highlighted some things that I like about each of the marathon programs in those. I've highlighted some things that I don't like. And I've also grabbed some things that I'm going to take as... I guess takeaways into into the training that that I'm doing, and also some of the training that that you'll be doing. Yeah, well, as well. Brian's been nerding it sound? up. I can tell that you've uh, you've loved this. So go on, give it to us. Well, look, I haven't I haven't spent an inordinate amount of time on this, but I, I've just gone back and had a look at the key elements of these programs and just tried to pull apart the bits that are going to be useful for us. And as ever, I'll I'll link these up. But the the three session a week program, just the key features of that ones are surprise surprise, it's only three runs a week, <laughs> which is kind of appealing. And one of those is at five k race pace intensity, eight hundred meter session. The other one is the long run, which is quite easy at the beginning, with some marathon pace work at the end. And the third run of the week is a marathon pace tempo run. Flicking over to the Hansen's method, and there's a lot actually a lot that's similar about the Hansard's method to our unnamed authors uh, program. So they have 5K race pace work in the first phase of the program. Well, they do actually define it as 5 to 10K race pace work, which they define as speed, not what I would necessarily call that, but that's the speediest running they have in their program. They also have sub-threshold pace running, which they describe as strength workout sessions. And they're basically at a half marathon pace level of intensity. So quite similar to the kind of um, intensity levels that I've been doing in my sub-threshold training and that you've um, just started doing. And they also have tempo efforts, which are basically done at marathon pace. So when they when Hansons talk about tempo, they mean marathon pace. Um, advanced marathoning is... It's not quite, and I'll get to this as being something I don't like about it, it's not quite as simple to break down, but um, it has a 24-week programs broken into into four cycles, essentially. And initially, there's kind of like um, a focus on endurance, then it moves into lactate threshold, and then it moves into what they call the race preparation phase, and then through to the taper. And so they do have focus on running probably a more traditional threshold pace so probably a little bit quicker than your half marathon pace more like that what you could sustain for an hour and of course if you're if you're an olympian that that might be your half marathon pace but for you and i it's more likely to be at around 15 kilometer 
um, pace for those sessions. And they also have in that kind of race preparation the ability to kind of do some tune-up races, but also quite a bit of um, 5K VO2 max intensity mm-hmm. work at the end of the program, which is interesting. So they're kind of like the the three three programs that I've had a look at and they're basic kind of features and structures anything jump out for you lisa on on those or do you want me to just roll through to the things i like uh, about well advanced marathoning i mean the, the name gives it away but it's not for it's probably not even mm. for us i think i have heard a podcast um of is, is it pete Fitzinger? i always get his name wrong and yeah, i think he even said in the podcast you know maybe if you're on your maybe third fourth marathon then uh, delve into these programs but if i have read that book and it's actually quite hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It uh, it does fill me with a bit of dread looking at the the training schedules in the advanced marathon programming. And look, maybe I'll maybe I'll get into rolling into what I like and dislike about each of them, and then I can talk about why why it's hard and why these other two programs are probably somewhat more approachable, or at least in in my opinion, they are. So the the three session a week or three one a week program, I love the mm-hmm. simplicity of that. You know, you can't beat. You just go and run three times for specific purposes um, during the week, so that's easy to get your head around. I like the fact that for the most part it's very marathon-specific, um, aside from those 5K 800s. And I really like the struct, the way that he prescribes the long run. Basically, it's 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 down to it's prescribed by time, not by distance. So that gives you a lot of flexibility for people at different ability levels to to just kind of in, embrace that and try it out. Um, and I like the fact that it's very easy aerobic running at the beginning with marathon pace um, work or intensity work done at the end. And the longest time duration that he prescribes in that program is two hours forty, which is uh, that's that's not too bad. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't strike me as being unachievable or excessive, particularly when you consider that the first part of that run is done very easily, mm. very comfortably. Which brings me on to Hanson's. Things I like about that, again, it's actually a very simple kind of program, um, bearing a lot of similarity to the one that I've just described. Um, love the fact that yeah, essentially it is actually a, a two-session-a-week program with a long run as well. And they do separate out the marathon tempo work from the long run, um, whereas um, I'm kind of combining that in my program. But I do like the fact that it is really only a two-session-a-week program, so it does give you a bit more time to recover. The longest run in their program is 27 kilometres. So that's something that I also like because that's a bit left field, right? Like most people would say that probably the 32K run would be the shortest that you could get away with Mm. as a long run. Um, But they've obviously had a lot of success um, prescribing this program to a lot of runners and 27Ks is that's definitely a, an achievable long yeah, run to get I'm your head around. <laughs> um, and it, <laughs> yeah, I thought you would be. And again, I love that it's very specific. So those paces, um, when you think about especially the, the kind of the 5K pace or speed work that they talk about, that actually comes very early in the program and then ends. So after the first sort of six weeks, um, you don't do any more of that. And from that point onwards, you're basically doing sub-threshold or half-marathon pace training and marathon pace training and easy running. So you've really only got um, three kind of intensities to kind of think about and worry about and all very specific to the marathon. 
They have a very short taper in their program. I think it's 10 days. Um, That's also appealing if you're kind of pushing the envelope in terms of getting Mm -hmm. your preparation right. So that may be the case for you and I where we, you know, we don't feel like we've got the luxury of the time to have a three or four week taper. So that's all very good. Um, In terms of advanced marathoning, I was kind of looking at the program that kind of taps out at about Mm -hmm. 90 kilometers a week. I like the fact that their longest run is 32Ks. And although that's longer than Hanson's, it's still shorter than a lot of other programs that that I've seen. I kind of like the structure of thinking through the different uh, meso cycles. So actually having a specific purpose and kind of chunking down a longer, like if you're going to have a campaign over 24 weeks, then you may as well kind of chunk that down into different phases for different purposes. So I do like that. And I love the fact that in that book, there's now a whole chapter about being an older and wiser marathoner, which (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for obvious reasons, appeals to me greatly, Lisa. Oh, no, that's good. I like that. Yeah, something for the masters out there who are hopefully on their journey to mastering the marathon. Probably a lot of them have already mastered it, mastered it unlike me, who is still a work in progress. Which brings me to things I didn't like so much. Um, so our three-session-a-week program, I actually didn't like the fact that just every week he was doing those 800s at 5k race pace. That, that just seems boring and repetitive and the kind of thing that, especially if you're doing it on the track, would be likely to lead you to potentially getting injured. So really didn't like that part of it. Um, in terms of Hanson's, I have some reservations about their overall philosophy, which is they, have, they, they talk a lot about cumulative fatigue And one of the reasons why they don't have an enormously long, long run in their program is they're actually sort of hitting you up with a fair bit of mileage in those two sessions and also a lot of aerobic running um, in between those sessions. So they basically want you to be kind of in that state of feeling quite tired um, for most of the time. So for me, I just sort of think, especially for us where we don't want to be kind of skirting that fine line of being overtrained because we've got so many other things going other things and other stresses and other pressures in life that that's a potential detraction um but having said that you could easily modify that program by doing less of those runs um, less of the filler aerobic runs in between the sessions um, and cut that back um, quite a bit but they would probably argue that that sort of would defeat the point of the program but i think for the the average punter that would be a, a sensible adjustment um to make. Um, the other thing I'm not quite so happy about their program is that they've got quite a, I can't remember how long it is. I think it's like a 10 kilometer marathon pace tempo run that almost comes straight out of the gate. And that just sort of struck me as being perhaps might be an easier way to kind of work into that. Advanced marathoning, <laughs> what do I not like about that? It's hard. <laughs> There's a, a low, it does have mileage caps on it. It does have both midweek and end-of-week long runs, and that's something that you and I both struggled with in our last mm. campaigns. It does strike me as reading through the schedules as it, it just feels a bit complicated, and although, in fact, I like I like the idea of breaking it down into different phases, but um, at sometimes I just found myself looking at the schedules thinking, I don't understand how this works. Um, and I'm sure there is method in the madness, and I think it's more about having kind of looks like it's maybe a nine-day cycle or something because the the session days actually change during the week. And on one level, I'm attracted to that because it means you're not doing it 
the same thing every day, but it just when you look at the schedule, you just think, oh, why is that session happening on that particular day? It kind of doesn't make as much sense. And it probably doesn't progress like as logically as the other ones as well. There's a, And I guess because it's a longer, like it's a 24-week program where the other ones are a bit shorter, I think one's like a 10-week and the other one's maybe 12 to 16, it does have that kind of ebb and flow of like going up and then dropping back a bit. So it does have that kind of down-week philosophy, which I actually do like that. But just overall looking at it, it's just a, just strikes me as being a little bit on the complicated mm. Look, side. Cool. Um, well, definitely hard. I think because that was the first marathoning book that I'd ever read um, sort of the year before I decided I would do the marathon. Um, so I am familiar with it. And it's something that I would like to try maybe in a couple of years when I'm, you know, I've got a couple of marathons under my belt. I'm a bit more hardened and I've moved into my semi-retirement in Byron. <laughs> I just, I don't think I could handle that training at the moment. Um, and not that I did, I didn't even do that in my last campaign, but my last campaign was probably a bit similar to, to the advanced marathoning, you know, with those long middles and the long weekends and all the sessions in between. It just left me, mm. left me flat and ultimately injured. So I don't think that one's for the yeah. faint-hearted at all um yeah approach Approach with caution caution. the other actually one other thing i I, my reservation about hansons that i have is the two sessions are actually stacked really close together in the middle of the week so they do a tuesday and a thursday session and again that's part of their cumulative fatigue methodology and model but yeah i think you and i have found and a number of other people are finding that having longer breaks between harder efforts definitely helps with recovery um, and enjoyment. So another thing there to be wary of, Mm. which brings me to kind of like, yeah, the the takeaways from them. I think the things that appeal and the the things that I sort of would take with me would be some of the markers for success, particularly like in the, in the Hanson's and the three day a week session program. Like we talked about think maybe it was last week about sort of hitting some benchmark kind of sessions and being able to do those comfortably um, at marathon pace and the Hansen's method taps out at like a 10 mile marathon pace run um, 16 kilometers and that's quite I think that's quite an achievable um, one that you and I could kind of aim at in terms of doing like a or a marathon pace tempo session and I'm pretty sure that was the session how that far Sean is Crichton that how did, fast 10 um, miles in case about 16 Okay. Uh, 16, yeah. 16, yeah. So it's a 16K run and that's done relatively fresh. So that's not done at the end of a long run. Mm. Um, keep that in mind. So that would be one that I would consider as being a benchmark. My unnamed author, his one is a bit longer. So his marathon pace tempo session is actually 12 miles, which is about 19 kilometres. So that one's pushing up towards that half marathon level, which... You know, again, you know, we've been sort of talking about potentially doing a half marathon in your preparation with a, doing mm-hmm. that at marathon pace. So it's kind of in that sort of ballpark. So not ridiculous. I, th- I think last year I remember you talking to me about wanting to do like a, what was it, a 26 Oh, it was, K I think, yeah, I think it was about longer. 30 and then it got brought down to 25 and I made five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that one that one didn't didn't turn out no, the, the way that you planned. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think doing ten or a twelve mile fresh 
um, tempo run and being able to do that comfortably, that con- that would be the kind of like the ballpark of where we've got to get to, I think, in training. So th- there's definitely something that I've taken away from that. And I really like both for Hanson's and that three-day-a-week program, just that kind of steady progression. So you're just biting off you know, that, that, that saying about how do you eat an elephant, like one bite at a time. I, I like that element of those programs because things just increase a little bit each week. And so it doesn't, what seems like it would be hard if you did it straight up, um, you gradually just build fitness and confidence to being able to kind of hit those sessions. Um, so I really like that. And look, I, I really like in Hanson's that they have that focus on mm-hmm. half marathon pace training. And that's probably something that maybe doesn't get thrown out there enough in a lot of programs and that I, I like the as my confirmation bias kicking in Lisa I like the fact that that's kind of similar to the approach that mm. I'm wanting us to follow <laughs> yeah to just sort of that sort of level of intensity I, I think um, is a good level of intensity it, it is sub threshold it's not trying to ride your threshold um, and do sort of 10 15k race pace sort of effort it's really is a step back from that and as we've discussed, theory being hopefully that just sort of by running just under your threshold that you do push your threshold up over time. And what do I like about takeaways for advanced marathoning? I think probably I do. I'm still attracted to that sort of phasing. And if we had more time, and definitely in the future, that that's something I'd like to play around with. Um, but probably the thing that you mentioned earlier that you'd been doing that kind of drills and strides. Um, I love the fact that advanced marathoning has that in its program and that's kind of like a consistent feature. So after your kind of some of your easy runs, doing some, some drills and some not stressful, easy strides is definitely something to, to take forward. So yeah, they're the things that I like. Yeah. Be interested in listeners, um, whether they've had a look at those three programs, if you haven't already, maybe dive into them and let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you've taken out of programs and that you've deployed successfully as well. Um, definitely be mm. interested. And I guess we'll be picking people. bits and pieces for ours. And I guess that's the biggest takeaway from programs is, you know, they're not set in stone. So just because the book says this, um, <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to do exactly that. And I think, um, if it's your first marathon, then maybe lean towards like that three-dayer one for a time-poor person who wants to tick yeah. the box and say, hey, I've done a marathon. <laughs> I, th- I think that's plenty. Yeah. I think I think the adjustment that I would make to that three-day program would be to modify that 800 session that he has and just do that like time off the track. So... What would we, what would we do for that one? Like you could basically float between doing one minute efforts and three minute efforts, and doing combinations of those um, with lots of jogging recovery in between them. I, th- I think that would be the change that I'd make to that program, and then I think it would actually be quite a low, in a way, be quite a low stress approachable program because it's got that focus on the long run of running the first part so easily and only ever taps out at forty minutes mm. of marathon yep. pace work at the end. Um, and again, if you wanted to make that easier for yourself, you just break that down into chunks. So um, it doesn't necessarily need to be 40 minutes in an unbroken chunk. So yeah, there's definitely a lot to like about that that program um, and a lot to like about the Hanson's program as well. So I'll definitely be um, drawing a lot of inspiration mm, from well, those two we'll, going um, forward. I, know, I think we linked up the three-day-a-week one last time, but maybe we'll do we it did. again just, uh, just so everyone actually knows what we're talking about in case I didn't yep. get last week's. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll link to those two books and that, and that program um, again, and people can yeah take a take a look, have a read, and mm-hmm. yeah, let us know what they think. 
So, Lisa, so you're working I'm not tomorrow. Even doing that. Um, uh, what's coming up in the I have next board, week? Board of, strategy day tomorrow uh, for Athletics New South Wales. So, um, ah. I will be in a boardroom all day thinking about the next three to five years of the future of this sport. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I, I actually Excellent. really enjoy that type of thing. So. And tonight I'm heading out to the New South Wales three-kilometre track championships and uh, in a moment of FOMO I entered and 10 minutes later completely regretted uh, in between that moment. Um, I text you saying, what do you think? And I think you wrote back something like, why? <laughs> um, and look, it was a valid point and it was just total FOMO and I sort of bounced between, oh, I want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. And then I just sort of realised, oh, actually, you know, I, I don't want to. I am going to enjoy being a spectator and there's nearly 20 people from my club running. So um, I'm on sort of official timekeeping and, and split keeping duties and I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. So uh, it'd be good. What about you? Well, um, whilst you're determining the future <laughs> of athletics in New South Wales, I'll be, I'll be doing doing another one of those long runs tomorrow. And the week ahead is uh, it's going to be interesting this week because it's um, more train maintenance coming up on the Ballarat line. So I'm going to be trying to figure out how to get to work with as least stress as possible and hopefully be able to sneak in one more session um, before this half marathon coming up in about a week's time. Before I yeah, and that's that's it's actually just a pretty easy, simple week coming up. But before I do sign off, I was just curious about um, the future of athletics in New South Wales. Like without without putting all your cards on the table, Lisa, what what have you got in mind in terms of things that you would like? to bring into that strategy um, You know, session. one of the biggest things that I definitely want to talk about is the commercialisation and professionalism of the sport. Uh, I, I follow lots of sports and you know, we really compete for a lot of attention you know, across the board. So, you know, sports are sort of declining all across the board because there are so many choices. So I'd really like to be a part of setting up a really strong foundation that can take the sport into that next I guess division of you know we we need to become professional whilst I you know love the the good old days and I love reading and hearing stories about that the reality is we're nearly in 2020 and um, sports professional and I don't want athletics to be left behind you know, you, you, I've seen half a dozen um, mm. stories this year of talented athletes in, in different disciplines in athletics going off to sports that can offer them a financial future. And, you know, whilst I, we all love the purity of sport, the reality is we all need to make a living. And if we can set athletics up to be that platform where, you know, young boys and girls to look at it and go, well, you know, I want to be a professional athlete in athletics and there is a platform and a pathway for me to do that, I think that would be a really great thing for our sport. I like the sound of that and I'll look forward to hearing <laughs> yeah, what well, comes I'll of update it. you next time. <laughs> well, I think we might sign off for now because uh, we have... We have been talking for a while and I'm overheating in my car here at the Dalesford High Performance Centre. Even though it's only about eight degrees outside, I'm not sure what's going on. I think it's my laptop that's uh, giving off an enormous amount of heat. <laughs> I will. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. Catch you next time.
legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. You're being recorded, Lisa. Oh, well, at least you told me. <laughs> Let's not have two legal battles on my hand. Oh, gosh. Uh, I was going to ask you about that because, uh, well, first question, as always, like how are, how are Lisa's stress levels at the beginning of this week, which is the week beginning 28th of October? They're actually pretty good this week. Yeah. Um, I think, do you know what? I think last week I had said that I had gone back down to like a four to five because we spoke mm -hmm. on the Monday and that was 100% true. And then on the Tuesday I had my incident in the street which escalated me or skyrocketed me back up to a nine. <laughs> I'm not going to say it was a ten because it lies – and, you know, as ridiculous as the whole situation still is, um, yeah. it didn't tip me over the edge. It was just more of a, a you know, just an unpleasant situation to be in. Yes. Um, but that is taking its, you know, taking its course and it's now pretty much out of my hands and in the hands of um, our beloved justice system. So Yes. Um, process that. So I, I'm sort of, I am back down now to that sort of four to five. Um, I was, <laughs> I was like, I was buggered by the end of the week, but it was, you know, I got up to Byron on the weekend and whilst that wasn't super relaxing, given that you know, it was still a, a construction site, yeah, um, it, it was like it's just so nice up there. Like I'm just, I'm just really at ease and, and really peaceful. And I think I said to you on the weekend too that despite my circumstances during the week, um, I actually really think I needed the, the second week off. I just I don't think I was really ready to tackle back into things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I've turned that corner now. So I feel like I've, you know, I've had that rest. I've been – the one thing that didn't drop off was the gym. So mm -hmm. the last two weeks I've been back in the gym like two or three times, feeling like getting that movement pattern happening well again, um, running or walking just to time and to whatever um, I can get my head around on that day. And it's sort of evolved that then yesterday's run was amazing. It's probably the first time, I said this to JT, it'd be the first time in a good couple of months where running was effortless again. Mm. Like I That's could good. have Your run body. all day. Right. That is good news. Yeah, it was like it was really, really good. And yes, I was on these trails and I just had my music playing and it was just really nice. Middle of the day, it was quite warm. I love the heat. Um, but I, I didn't even have my watch face showing any data. It was just the time of day. And it was only because I thought, God, I've been running a while. <laughs> but I turned my watch over and it said 38 minutes and I was doing it out and back. And I was like, oh, I better turn around soon. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so that was literally the first day where it just it all just came so easily, and even just my mind as well, I felt quite rested. Um, so I think, yeah, I think really that I actually think I can get cracking on some things now. Okay, that's good. So it sounds like we need to send you to your happy place in Byron <laughs> Brat Bay on a yep. regular basis. Oh <laughs> your... yeah, look, absolutely. Get you all reset and recharged. 
Yeah, do you know mm-hmm. what? It's just so easy there. Um, like now that we're in like the house that we've got, it's just so spacious. And I'm saying to you, this to you, and you're nodding probably because you live in the country and everything is spacious and easy. But yeah. <laughs> I don't live in the country, and you know, like we just drive our car in and we can park anywhere because the block's so big. Like there's no stairs, there's no neighbors, or well, there's neighbors, yeah. but you know they're not on top of you. Yeah. Um, there's just kind of like this extra level of space and peace around you that just uh, just don't get in the middle of the city. Makes a difference, doesn't it? It makes such a difference. I, I listened to a really good podcast on this particular topic, actually. They did a big study on it. Um, and basically green space and space is, um, you know, a massive yeah. element for our, like our mental and emotional well-being. Yeah, 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 totally. I'm hearing you. Yeah, hearing and even <laughs> on my run, I think I passed, I'm going to say I passed about five people um, in the space of, I did nearly 15Ks. Mm-hmm. Like, that is amazing. The only people I usually see when I'm out in the forest is the occasional person out cutting wood. Um, yeah. yeah, other than that, you can go run two hours and not see anyone. Yeah, is, when I, it's yeah, it's so nice. So yeah, that was really nice. And these are just you know like beachgoers who are sort of wandering up the dunes, um, you know, and they're in a really nice, happy place as well. So mm-hmm. anyway, that was a really long-winded way of saying that despite last week's occurrences, I really think I needed that extra week. Um, yeah. And I'm feeling really good. Good, excellent. So ready to train and, uh, you know, I, I think you're not going to be surprised to hear me say this, but like keeping keeping a lid on it is going to be pretty important for the for the next month anyway. Um, mm. But no reason why you can't start ticking off some, um, some lower key, shorter duration sessions. Um, and I think as long as we just don't get too carried away with volume at the moment and keep things flexible so you can make adjustments as your um uh <laughs> yeah as as your stress levels and overall feeling of how relaxed you are might vary so might still have to make some adjustments here and there but um yeah i think getting into that getting into a, a pattern of starting to tick off some of the sessions that we're going to need to build up for your marathon campaign um, should be worth be doing good. some of those. Well, I'll tell you what I've got on this week. Um, good. I've got my diary open, and for the mm-hmm. first time in months, I have one thing on. I, you don't understand how happy I am. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is really good. So, and that's actually just a work lunch. So that's just during the day. So that doesn't, you know, um, eat into any other any of my other time. Mm-hmm. I have got on Saturday, I think I'd mentioned this to you when I took a picture of uh, a couple of, uh, I'll call them races, but events. Events is probably the right word, um, mm-hmm. which was this low-key 10K, um, doing it as a bit of a session, sections of it at marathon pace mm-hmm. and making Saturday the long run instead of Sunday. Yep, yep. So that's on Sorry, sorry, you're going to have to uh, sorry, away with the fairies Saturday. there for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday so, morning, that is. on the And it's on the road too. So 
nice, okay. flat, low-key, just club um, event. Yep. So you're thinking of combining that with your long run or just making it your long run? I was thinking of doing a small warm-up, small cool-down and the 10K, and that is my weekend long run. Ah, oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sounds good. I thought you were going to say, I'll do that and then I'll go and run like for an no, hour. And I was thinking, no, 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 not yet. No, 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 God, no. So because if I was to do that and, you know, um, do it all to heart rate, like the 10K, mm. you know, maybe the first mm-hmm. couple of Ks, aerobic, the next, mm. but I don't know, pick a, pick a yeah. Ks, four Ks at um, – maybe the lower spectrum of the marathon threshold. Yep. The last few, um, the higher end, and then that's that's 10Ks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think I think planning to finish at the, basically at your threshold, I think would be the strategy. So what yeah, if, whatever yeah, you okay. do to arrive at the end, just nudging the top of your threshold would probably be as intensely as you'd want to go for that. Yeah. Hang on. When we say threshold, we're talking about marathon threshold. Yeah. We're not talking. Um, um, let me no, just let me yeah. pull out my little card. Yeah. 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 No, I'm talking so, like if you can finish below your anaerobic threshold, so finish at a pace that you could run for an hour at flat out. But yeah. You're only going yeah, yeah. to you're only going to finish at that intensity, not not be at that intensity really um, throughout the course yeah. of it. So as you as you were describing, sounded perfect, like start aerobically, work your way into low end of marathon intensity up to higher end, and then in the last few Ks you could probably, you know, just be up um, as long as you don't go above your anaerobic threshold. I think, think that would be fine if you're only going to spend like two or three Ks um, in that sort of closer to, to actual anaerobic threshold that would be okay okay perfect all right noted that down um so i've done gym today already tick monday morning gym um heavy lifting loving that really really loving the gym at the moment yeah good and that's that's my week like i really don't have anything else we can just schedule everything else in around that okay that's good so so sunday will just be like an i think an easy run Um, yeah of I don't know what thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, I think that'll be good. Does that, does that sound reasonable? Um, yeah. And then we should probably do something. And last week we you, we ended because of the circumstance you alluded to earlier. You cancelled any notion <laughs> of doing any kind of session during the week. Um, yeah, I didn't. Do ha- yeah, how are you placed like this week in terms of like not necessarily needing to or wanting to go to the track exactly, but um, like you know we've been you've been talking a bit about trying to get your your turnover going and just sort of feeling mm. um, all of that. So I was thinking, you know, even doing some one minute efforts if you're not going to the track might be something yeah. to consider. Not a huge amount of them, and you know, nice recoveries between each of them um just to just work on turning the legs over basically and especially since you're going to do like a marathon pace to sort of threshold effort on sunday then doing something that's going to be quite a bit quicker than that um might be a good thing yeah that's easy like wednesday you reckon yeah that sounds good because then you'll have thursday friday recovery um so friday massage 
Thursday, easy run and gym. Yeah. Wednesday, how many do you reckon? Uh, I, I think not more than 10. Okay, let's say, let's, let's just do keep it. six to 10 as a range. Yeah, and, and, and like jog, I reckon jog at least 90 seconds in between, even up to two minutes. So to make sure you're fully recovered, um, I think. And just so, yeah, focus on doing them like strides and just focusing on technique, not straining, but you're going to end up running. I would say you I'll predict you'll end up running faster than four minute pace for those um, once yeah, you work your way into it. Um, okay, perfect. And then Tuesday, easy run. Yeah. Excellent. And just okay. and keep all of your easy runs nice and nice and cruisy and short. I reckon at the moment. Um, yeah, don't be going for any fifty or sixty minute easy runs to top up during the week because mm. I, I think that's just extra extra stress yes. and slow plotting that you probably don't need in this phase of wanting to feel reinvigorated and yeah, getting your um, getting your technique and turnover sorted out. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, that's good. Well, last week ended up being, what did I say? I think it was, it was 44 and a half Ks, but yeah, oh, that was 15 Ks of walking. So 30 Ks of running. Yeah. Um, and then the previous week was 20 Ks. Um, yeah. So yeah, sort of two recovery weeks, lots of gym, getting the body all back and sorted. And now I actually yeah. feel like running. <laughs> thought. <laughs> well, I reckon that's what we've got to maintain is that feeling of you want to feel like running. So I think yeah. that's another reason to kind of hold you back a bit in terms of volume. Um, so, yeah, I've got in my mind, it's like I, I think if you keep, keep the mileage um, not more than sort of 40, 50 Ks over the next four weeks, I reckon that would be a pretty sensible move. Yeah. Um, and just focus on like progressing those sessions and, you know, maybe we'll talk about this in our main recording, but yeah, just sort of been thinking about, it sounds a bit boring, but progressing the same or similar kinds of sessions just week after week um, yeah. and seeing how you respond to that. And then that that'll... goes in line with um, the gentleman, the unnamed gentleman. Who... Yes, the, the three, <laughs> the three run a, run a week plan. And look, it goes in line with, and I've started my re-researching of those marathon programs, and it's it's very consistent with the Hansen's method as well. Like where they're just slowly adding volume to particular types of workouts. Um, and they, you know, they're obviously, and that guy, they're very obviously prescriptive on pace, but I think if we stick to our strategy of doing time and heart rate, and hopefully that leads us to the pace that we want um, rather than trying to force it to begin yeah. with. Um, hey, so. and you reckon these minutes, because you know how yeah. we're having that um, conversation on the weekend when I was showing you the pace that I run along when I'm on, like, yeah. the trails versus yes. the minute that I'm on the road and I'm yeah. like 30 seconds quicker without even trying yeah. <laughs> at a lower heart rate. Um, do them on the concrete or like on the gravelly stuff? Like what's um, I, Look, I, I don't mind. I, I would probably do them on the really firm, flat, packed granite sand kind of surface. Um, Just don't if it really were me, have but, any of that around. But it, yeah, if you haven't got that, then... Um, 
maybe for the sake of sake of the session doing them on a firmer surface would be the way to go um yeah I think that's what I might do. Like it's just, I mean, the whole thing of what I'm saying at the moment is struggling or feeling like I'm struggling running like quickly and having that nice technique. Um, yeah. So I think if I can get myself, and that sort of was the purpose of, of the track, and I'm not going to do these on the track. I can't be bothered going yeah. down there. Nah. Um, that feeling that I get, you know, having come from a track background, it just feels so amazing being on the track. Um, mm. So I think if I do these on the on the concrete, it's it's the similar same feeling really. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. Concrete or concrete or bike path, asphalt bike yeah. path or whatever, whatever you've got access to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got um, got that. Just uh, yeah. Look, I missed the beautiful granite that was around the town in Melbourne, and there was a fair bit of it in Ballarat too. But there's no heaps of it in Ballarat. Here. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, hopefully, you've got some of that up at Byron Bay. Oh, not really. Like it's kind of uh, just really nice um, trails, but there's yeah. yeah heaps and heaps of bike paths though. Yeah. So um, anyway, sorry, I digress. All right, cool. That no, is no, no, a, that's all good. A great plan. Um, I'm slowly getting rid of things out of my calendar and taking cool. on less tasks. So uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be so stress-free soon. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That sounds uh, sounds encouraging. Just found myself a little room. I'm, I'm back in the leather room at University. The house is great. No one ever comes up here. So I'm just like in my element. Oh dear. Oh, that's good. Oh, okay, I'm in a little room now. I'm in a little amazing silent section working. So I actually really like it. It's got um, calming music and green trees and windows out to the out to no, the street. It's oh it's so good. It's actually a really nice space to like if you just need to sit and get large chunks yeah, of work yeah. done. Yeah. It's a great space and so it's perfect for my study. So I have finally caught up after being four weeks behind <laughs> of all just like that's just the module reading. Oh my god, there's so yeah. much reading. Does your yeah. course have heaps of reading? It does, yeah. Um yeah. It's... Particularly having to start read quite long academic journal articles. I was like yes. on the train for an hour and a half and I could only get through two articles. That's how long they were. Yeah, that's the worst. That's like this. So you get, you know, you're reading, you've got your textbook and some weeks it's like reading two ch chapters of the textbook, which you think, oh, that's not too bad. But when the chapters are between 30 and 40 pages long and within, like you've got the theory and then they throw in like the, um, I guess, like the practical case examples. Yeah. <clears throat> and then they have like you, like three articles of cases to read and they're, 20 odd pages long and just think oh my god this is like eight hours of dedicated reading without digesting <laughs> it and writing it all down <laughs> yeah. oh. so, so that's why i think that yeah maybe just one subject next semester yeah definitely that's one at a time um is the way to go that's what i'm going to be doing next year yeah like i could do it when i did my mba <clears throat> because I didn't have kids or really any other responsibilities apart from go to work, 
as a mm-hmm. graduate, let's be honest. You're just you're doing nothing yeah. more than glorified filing and admin. Yeah. Um, and then you come home and it's like, oh, I've got nothing to do, so I might as well spend the next X amount of hours doing my yeah. study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Life is not uh, like that anymore. So anyway, that was a really long way away of saying I'm peeling back these layers yeah. and my headspace is just That's starting good. to get into the right space. How's the stress levels looking? They're good. So I'd say that they're still four to five, but I reckon they're yeah. more of a four and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because I'm getting through these things and I've got two exams, one next Monday, one the following Monday. But they don't actually stress me out that much. I kind of always mm-hmm. have this belief of, well, you know, you know as much as you know the exam, just get in, do it, walk away. Yeah. Um, you know, like an assignment where it's you've got weeks mm. of build up and you can relook at it and redo it. And it just that's right. I you find can be a real perfect, be a perfectionist when you're doing an assignment, whereas the exam you just have to yeah. get it done. Yeah, exactly. You've got a limited amount of time. Um, everyone's doing it at the same time, and it is what it is. So I, I've, I've never, I've never been someone that gets very stressed about exams. So that's all I've got left. So that's good. Um, and. Last week was the was honestly the first week I think since maybe the beginning of May where I can honestly say that I was back enjoying like running, wanting to get out there and do the training. It was just it actually felt really effortless. And so that's when I text you to say, Oh, I've nearly done sixty two Ks this week. I don't actually know how that happened. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it just sort of happened, and that was such a nice feeling. Okay, yeah, as we discussed, probably slightly more than maybe what we wanted, <laughs> given where you were a couple of weeks ago in the depths of yeah. nine out of ten stress and everything. Um, yeah, definitely. So I will deliberately pull it back. Like, I, and it's yep. funny, right? I wasn't even monitoring. The sessions, like I monitored, you know, the the Thursday, which was the 10 by hmm. one minute. Um, but again, because I'd you know, gone out for lunch on the Wednesday and sort of consumed a bit, a bit too much of goodness, <laughs> I, you know, prolonged it to the Thursday. I'd sort of become, like I, I was looking forward to it. Then on the Saturday doing that 10K, like I yeah. monitored those, but they weren't stressful. Like I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I need to run this time or I need mm. to keep this. It was just, well, this is what you can do on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds good. So how is this week shaping up commitments-wise and various yeah. other plans? So after um, saying I wanted to do it, they're not wanting to do it, they're wanting to do it, I'm back on the I'm not going to do the 3K champs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's an absolute, I've already committed to not doing it. Okay. Um, so the only thing that I have on this week is on Sunday, 10 till 3, we have a board strategy day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's fine, like that's just a small amount of window, but I, I don't yeah. have anything else on for the rest of the week. Yeah. So given that, would you maybe do your either longer run or substantive weekend session on the Saturday or will you still be able to fit it in Sunday morning or something? 
Oh, do you know what? I think let's do it on the Saturday just in yeah. case I don't get to it on the Sunday or even yeah. just have the headspace of going, well, I'm actually not going to do anything um, yeah. because there's been talk of, you know, maybe a dinner or something afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd sort of lack the flexibility to have yeah. the option to, to go and participate in something like that rather than yeah. you know, in the back of your mind. Oh, yeah, you'll be for a run and, Yeah, that's extra stress. Um, you don't want that. No, and then, you know, in the morning, I just sort of want to think, right, JT, go out for your run because you're going to have the girls for the rest of the day. Like, go and have you time yeah. for a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, let's just basically say Sunday is okay. a no-go. All right, that's good. Um, so, yeah, so Saturday is going to be the long run. You didn't really do a long run last week, although that was sort of your 10K with some warm-up and warm-down either side of it. So... Did you, you probably would have covered 10 miles, probably. I did 18.2 kilometres. <laughs> you did the longest warm-ups and warm-downs. <laughs> well, I did. If that had, that had been me, it probably would have been like 13 k's, I reckon. <laughs> Do you know what? So I'm not a fan of the warm-down. I did 3 k's, and that mm-hmm. was only because I knew a few people there, so I ended up sort of yeah. um, jogging along, and I actually fell off the back of the group because yeah. I was running 5.15 pace, and I couldn't yeah. keep up. And I Everyone <laughs> runs too fast and too far on the warm-down. So okay. yeah, I, I let them go. I turned around as well. So I've had enough. Um, yep. But I, I honestly need long warm-ups. And as we've seen mm-hmm. by this heart rate that does the most mm-hmm. bizarre things, my, my, my body and my heart yeah. kind of needs time to warm up. I'm like an old car, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, what we, I reckon we might pour over that a bit when we do our main recording about our new guardrails for sessions, like being yeah, I think so. combinations of pace and heart rate and, and yeah. feel, because you're going to need those three things to work out what's going on with you on any given day, I think, because they seem to jump around so much. Yeah. That was that was actually a really frustrating session, um, just because of the parameters. I, I actually was running along in my head, going, "That's it. I need to go and buy a heart rate strap because something's wrong with my watch. Like yeah. this, this can't be real." And then the jump happened, and then, then the subsequent yeah. feelings, and I was like, "Nope, this is real." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the yeah, but also been kicking around that idea, which again, maybe we'll talk about this a bit more, like trying to have a a fortnightly cycle where there's one sort of intentionally long run with some marathon pace stuff at the end and Mm. on the off on the on the second week then we'd probably do like a a a tempo to threshold but do that more fresh I think like a longer one um so yeah it wouldn't necessarily you know maybe that would tap out at being 10 miles or maximum an hour and a half or something um, yep. whereas the long one might be uh, might you know maybe it starts at 90 minutes and potentially goes out to two hours depending on how things are going with your knees and hips and various other things mm, I think uh, yeah building up to two hours is is good yeah. over that two hours is sort of danger yeah. zone but if we're doing it fortnightly it just yeah. gives that that knee and that hip time to settle rather than kind yep. of doing these building blocks of danger. Yeah, I reckon. Um, so it would so if session day either Tuesday or Wednesday, I reckon. Yeah, so yeah. Feeling pretty fresh, so either or. 
Yeah, because you did. Yeah, okay. So maybe just play it by ear. You've got flexibility to either do it Tuesday or Wednesday, but maybe don't leave it for Thursday unless you absolutely have to, just to give yourself a bit of recovery time since you're going to bring forward a long run to Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Um, be good to space that out. Yeah, and... I was definitely tired actually because I did my one minutes on the Thursday. Yeah. And then I did the 10K yeah. uh, on the Saturday. Even in the warm-up, I kept saying, my quads are dead. Like, there's yeah. <laughs> there's nothing in them. So um, <clears throat> I definitely want that three days between. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, given you did minutes last week, maybe we just uh, – what do you – it doesn't look – it's, it's not going to be – Anything too crazy or innovative, but maybe do two-minute efforts or something along those lines? Do you feel like that's yeah, in, in your hitting sense. zone at the moment to do some two-minuters? Well, I think it might be good because the one-minutes, as you saw, I you can generate some speed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my heart rate get, um, stays so low. Mm. So I'm fit enough to punch these out and it kind of goes in line with me saying, well, this track stuff isn't working for me for the marathon because I yep. can just I can run fast, yeah. But it's not going to help. But by making it go to the two minutes, mm. I think it might it might start to get a bit harder, which will yeah. to be a bit more controlled. Yeah, I reckon that might be a thing. I definitely find from about ninety seconds onwards, I, I generally start to reach that the higher end of my heart rate zone. And then I have to concentrate not to go over that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this week will be a bit more complicated because we're probably going to have to monitor your pace and heart rate. So, um, <laughs> so can you do three things on your watch face at once yeah. or just two? Yeah. Okay. So you can do heart rate um, uh, split and pace because yeah. I think you might need all three going just to keep an eye on what is happening with yeah, so I and... actually did change it on Saturday. I had heart yep. rate is the big one. I had uh, distance and I had time mm. because my plan was just, you know, do the, the 2Ks at aerobic yep. and then the whatever, but it didn't eventuate like that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know how about you, but I'm thinking like no faster than four-minute kilometre pace for this session. Okay, what are your so... thoughts on that? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Is, do you think yeah, that's going to? I, I think that's. Yeah, you're still going to be turning your legs over um, at a reasonable pace, but probably yeah, it'd be good to slow you down just a fraction this week, given you were pretty speedy last time. Uh, no, I think that's good. So I got the confidence last week. Turn the legs over. There's definitely still some speed there. Definitely. Um, and this will work on. Well, I'm hoping that this feels works on that gosh, this feels easy. Yes, that's what I'm hoping too. And hopefully we mm. see that it doesn't spike your heart rate um, yep. either. But, yeah, just keep an eye on what's going on with your heart rate, but maybe work predominantly to pace, I reckon, for that one. Okay. Uh, and uh, what's the what's the break in between? Is it a minute uh, jog, two minutes jog? I reckon two minutes. May as well make okay. it easy on yourself. Get two minutes jogging and... How many would you do? What did I do last week? I did nine of those last week, and that's starting to get like a pretty chunky session. Mm. Um, so I don't know how you, you feel you're going fitness-wise, but we can I think both we did do your eight range again. in Byron. 
Yeah. Oh, no, you think you did seven? Did you seven or eight? No, that's, I did seven and then I started the eighth uh, and okay. my heart rate exploded, so I did a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, maybe we so give I'm you like seven. seven to nine or something. Yeah. And, seven, and see how that rolls. Nine. And if your little mental decision tree around pace or heart rate, if any of those things start blowing out, then you just cut the session. So Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Done. Yeah, and... Good. So Saturday, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, now we have to start playing around with these, like the marathon. In Well, maybe we, yeah, again, we're going to have to work on, it's easy for me at the moment because I'm just doing intensity and you would have seen my long run on the weekend that I had some stuff towards the end where I was sort of between 140 and 150 heart rate, mm. which is mm -hmm. kind of like my marathon pace intensity but obviously my pace was probably a bit off what my actual marathon pace would hopefully be in an ideal world <laughs> but because of working over hills and I've run for you know two hours or whatever it's obviously a bit up there so I'm not sure how your heart rate is going to look after doing some intentionally easy aerobic work like do you reckon you could run easily and comfortably for an hour and then do some marathon pace stuff or is that too long or too much slow at the moment? Do you want to start with 50 minutes and then do some marathon um, work? Do you know what I could do is I reckon I could do 50 minutes. Yeah. And then I don't know how long you're thinking for the marathon piece, but I could yep. do 50 minutes and then join park run and do uh, – yeah. um, you know, the, a good idea. the marathon effort, um, yeah. heart rate feel, whatever. Um, well, that's, that's, that's probably a bit longer than what I was thinking, but, hey, why the hell not? I think it would probably be low stress and a bit of fun. So, if And if you so, do it really easily. Um, so pace-wise, <laughs> obviously no faster <laughs> than 4.15. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So. But, but you're going to have to be guided by your heart rate as well I think in that one so um yes. yeah rate. definitely yeah, no fine. definitely no faster than 415s um if you can be a bit more conservative than that especially early on then maybe that would be a sensible idea um but if your heart rate's telling you you have to run slower than that then that's what you do all right, that's a plan, yeah. Yeah, let's do the 50 because I could get through the 60 but I'd like to still Yeah like build into it, do the, yep. the park run at the, the marathon and still come out of it all going like yep. I've achieved something. I'm still feeling good. Mm -hmm. I'm not running to the ground. Um, I was yep. having a little look last night back at uh, last year's program and when I started out probably around the same time, that's sort of four months out from, um, from New York, I, I think I was struggling to run 4.45 pace for one of these mm you know, um, run and then add on some at the end. So I feel like yep. I'm, I'm obviously starting in a position where I'm so much fitter. Yeah. But, you know, I, I managed to bring that 4.45 down to pretty much, you know, mm. I was doing everything in 4.15s. So if I'm starting yep. now at 4.15, like, you know, yeah. Hopefully, it should feel and, easy. Yes, <laughs> but and, and, for, and and you don't have to run four fifteens. Like that's just the absolute ceiling on a pace. Like let's not run any faster than that. But if it's four yeah, thirties, yeah. then you know I'm, I'd be probably happier with that, to be honest. Um, uh, so 
yeah, let's let's call it four thirties to four fifteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the good range. And if it happens to be four forty five, then so be it. That's what so it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, good. Like that. Like that. So yeah, I think we're just gonna to have to keep workshopping like this little decision tree about what the what the pace or the effort is. It's gonna be interesting to track that over this build up. Mm, given mm. You, you're gonna to have to have constantly be doing that equation in your head around how fast am I running, what is my heart rate doing, how am I feeling? And you know you seem to know like there's some circumstances when your heart rate is low but you can't go any faster and that seems to be a warning sign and then you've also got some circumstances you've described to me where your heart rate is spiking and you feel awful Um, so it seems like there's two potential pathways to to kind of one of these like events where you have to really back off Um, so yeah I agree with that actually and I haven't really ever focused on this super low heart rate piece I've always you know because you sort of think oh well that's really mm. not much of a of a worry but now having seen that um, yep. on the on Saturday and then also in the Melbourne Marathon yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, that that's too low like you shouldn't be operating running at four minute pace yep. I'm seeing one 120 like that yeah. <laughs> it's like the two extremes on the spectrum that's yes. important signs <laughs> yeah I, I think so and and yeah, given and given you have got that capacity to run really fast at low heart rate, I still remember that Melbourne Uni five K you did where you ran yeah. Yeah. like sub nineteen. What did you run? Eighteen thirty or something? Eighteen thirty, yeah. Well I actually yeah. went back and had a look at that on Saturday. Yeah. Because after seeing that heart rate data from um, the Saturday ten K, I was like, Well, what did it what happened at that mm. Melbourne Uni one? And it was just this lovely gradient where it was, yep. you know, a lovely 140 and then sort of a 145 and yep. then a 150. Yep. And then I think it like maxed out at 155, 160, but it was, yeah. it was, you know, I'm using inverted commas here. It was a normal graph. It didn't yes. have these yeah, yeah, horrendous yeah, yeah. plateaus and these shocking peaks yeah. and then dropping again. It was. That, that, that's kind of like your optimal Lisa performance <laughs> graph by the sound of it. Like for me, that'd be like insane because it would be, I'd probably mean that I hadn't worked anywhere near hard enough like to have my heart rate be so low in a 5K race. But for you, that's probably optimal. Yeah, and that's it. And even just that feeling of, first of all, shock that I, you know, ran that time, but it was effortless. Like I Mm. finished thinking it was so underdone, but in actual fact, it was probably spot on. Yeah, perfect. I think that's a good reference point for us to keep coming back to. Mm. Yeah, I think so as well. Okay. All right. So Monday's today, Jim. Tomorrow, the two-minute efforts, no faster than four-minute, but also factoring in the heart rate. Yeah. Wednesday, just easy plod. Yep. That sounds good. And if you want to just run four days this week, as we were discussing, that would be probably a good idea, I think, just just to give yourself a little bit of extra recovery from your 60K week last week. Yeah, I think I will. I might just do easy plod Wednesday, Thursday. Day. I just find it easy to get it done because we've got the nanny and yep. then I'll have Monday, Friday and Sunday um, right off. Yep. I might just um, yep. I'll, I'll hit the gym on the Wednesday as well. Sounds perfect. Great. 